When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. And this is Brendan Hodges' interview with the Oscar-nominated visual effects team for Napoleon. Charlie Henley, Luke Ewan Martin Finuliat, Simone Coco, and Neil Corbold. General, we are discovered. Good. Wait! Spice! Did you grab? Retreat! I'm not built like other men. Congratulations on the movie. Uh, I'm super excited to talk about Napoleon because we kind of rarely see movies made on this kind of epic scale anymore. Uh, Even though there's all these blockbusters always coming out, of course, this almost felt like a throwback in a way to the great 60s epics like David Lean and, and movies like that. And I'm wondering, what were the visual effects and special effects challenges on a project of this scale and getting so much into those epic images on that big canvas. It's interesting you say that because I think the the whole methodology of filming and the planning stage with, that when we all sat around in this war room with Ridley figuring out how we're going to make this film, it just, maybe partly because it's such a period film in itself, but it just evolved that we want to try and make it as if it was uh, you know, an old an an old epic where we had for real fifty thousand Russian soldiers hired to you know actually play the part. So, but we couldn't do that now. Obviously, we couldn't hire so many people. But we we kind of just headed for a methodology that was as much as possible to help Ridley shoot it like that. And he likes with these massive battles to gather as uh, you know as, as big an army as he has, which was about five hundred people, and maybe up to a hundred horses, eighty something horses or something, which is quite impressive, but nothing like what you could have done in the old days for all sorts of reasons. And then play a section of the battle out um, that had been rehearsed, but run through as a bigger section of it as possible. So everybody's it's not like piecemeal. It's like let's just go for it. And he's got like, we used to say 11 team cameras and covering it in that way posed all sorts of issues for us, <laughs> you know, in some ways, like it's a jigsaw putting it all together. Uh, we knew that we would be needing to multiply these armies, obviously, massively. Um, and we would design the wide shots that would come from storyboards and what, and what have you a bit more about how we're going to do it. But inside that battle, we just would let them roll. 
and then we'd fill in the gaps, which meant a lot of a lot of roto was needed and a lot of paint fixing was needed. So shout out to all those guys, big teams on that front. But it also did give the whole film hopefully a taste like this was like it felt like it was shot for real because that was like in everyone's mind we're shooting it for real, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it and it does come across. I mean, you see more extras combination of real and digital on screen than you do in most of these movies these days. It does have that kind of sweep. And, you know, I talked to uh, Darius Walski earlier this year, and he talked a lot about how specific and kind of exacting Ridley Scott is and exactly what he knows he wants. And I'm just wondering, what was the collaboration with him like, especially because I'm thinking that He's uh, a painter, he storyboards, he has such a, like, comes with such a specific idea of what he wants. Move along now! Those in power only see me as a brute, unfit for higher office. Just like witches at Black Masses. But I follow in the footsteps of Alexander the Great and Caesar. Evil minds that plot destruction. If you look down, you'll see a surprise. Once you see it, you will always want it. Oh, you can... <laughs> You've yeah, done I mean, a lot of collaborating with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rick Ridley is very specific. I mean, he's a, he's a dream director to work with in that in that respect. Um, he, he knows exactly what he wants, and you know, you have a, quite a few meetings at the beginning. The planning stage is always very important. Uh, you know, just when we sort of divvy up what, what each department's going to do. Uh, and then, and then, like, so he he would go away and have a you know couple of weeks editing his last movie, and then he would come back around the table again and 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 produce you know give him show him what we've come up with and ideas and so you know it was an ongoing process before we started shooting. And then once you start shooting, it's it's just like Napoleon is one of my biggest floor crews. I think I had twenty five people on the floor every day for the battles just because you know we had like. Charlie said we we shot with a you know minimum of eight cameras, and in the battles we had you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen cameras, and we had to get practical effects as much as we kept care could in front of each of those cameras. So that in itself, and and you know these camera crews would obviously go off on their own. So you, you, that was one of the biggest problems is you didn't know where they were going. So you know they would just find a shot somewhere and then all of a sudden Ridley shouting, why is there no smoke in front of this camera? Why is there no explosion? And you'd have to run to try and find who, who, it, who who's, where they are. So it was, uh, you know, it was quite a mammoth task just to, to wrangle, you know, all, all of those effects, practical effects together. Uh, but, you know, I think, uh, I think we did a good job in the end and uh, it, I think it looked great. I would agree. You know, a lot of the battle sequences in Napoleon have been particularly acclaimed. My favorite is the Austerlitz battle sequence, just because there's so many different elements happening at one time. You know, from an, an, uh, an effect standpoint, you have huge crowds, you have pyro work and explosions, uh, you have, you know, horse work. You uh, have uh, you, you go under the water. You have sweeping aerial shots, etc. I'd love to hear about how that sequence came about and how did you bring together so many different elements. I must warn you, I will not lead a second in command. I will win by fire. I am destined for greatness. I 
I found the crown of France in the gutter and placed it atop my own head. Well, Simone worked on that. That was his main project. <laughs> his main project for the show, really, was dealing with that scene, right? Yeah, yeah, that was our work. Um, so they sh they shot in three different locations. That was one of the biggest uh, biggest part of the of how we create how we we're gonna create the whole the whole environment. So we took a lot of um, the, the guys, the scan everywhere, photogrammetry, lidar, and everything that we put into a system, and they come up with with a way to recreate this huge environment based on uh, photography and uh, from um, uh, from Lake Campotosto in Italy, and as well uh, Garzone. So we went there, scanning everywhere, making sure that we had a lot of uh, reference picture to make sure everything looks the same. Then we recreate, you know, landscape, trees, um, foliage, everything into it. Second part was uh, recreating the army as well. So French, uh, uh, Austrian and Russian. So we were able to uh, create, um, to generate once we um, basically what we did, we did they, they delivered they, they delivered to us around 60 to 70 um, different actor scan. So we were able to create a huge amount of um, of variation on the crowds, so we could generate over sixty-three thousand uh, um, different horses and soldiers. So every single one looks completely different. And then the the third part was the motion of each uh, soldier and horses, because that play a big part when you create a big huge amount of army. You have to make sure that everyone moves differently. So Charlie and the team they motion capture about five days. So. Um, they of any kind of you know running people fighting people horses running horses rot you know every kind of different motion that could be applied and then making sure that next to when they shot uh, and we applied the soldier or horses next to the plate photography it looks exactly the same as the plate photography so that was as well a, a big part of it those those three were the main uh, part of our job yeah, it, the final effect is beautiful. And I'd like to ask Thank about you. kind of the flip side. You know, if that is kind of a maximalist scene where you have all these elements coming together, I wanted to ask about the burning of Moscow. Because whereas Austerlitz and a lot of the battle scenes have um, a very realistic, tactile sense of how they're put together, this uh, scene, the burning of Moscow, almost has a painterly quality to it. It, it almost um, has like more heightened lighting. It's very beautiful to look at in, in a strange way. And I'm wondering, how does that change your approach to visual effects when you're thinking about the final aesthetic of how the shot should look? Well, we did have a lot of uh, paintings that were, I mean, the film has this sort of nod to paintings throughout. So mm -hmm. there was a collection of amazing paintings, some that really, really loved, some that after, Arthur Max had found. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the artistic license throughout the movie was about trying to um, bring out a, an emotion of, of that scene or that moment um, graphically with natural things like fire or like snow or, you know, like breath, like people like the freezing cold or the, or the night scenes as well. Like just, but um, so we had those kind of references as the basis for for that scene and then um, Luke's team took it on so maybe Luke you wanna you want to be great but you are nothing without me say it I believe I speak for all of us we will all sleep again without this vermin 
Whose country are we in? Yeah. I mean, I take it as a compliment if you said that it reminded you of the painting, because I was kind of the, uh, the agenda. Painting <laughs> <laughs> in Moscow. So Mine. the uh, the foreground was was shot with uh, all the, the the actors coming out of the tents and discovering the fire in the middle of the night, and uh, so we had those massive floodlights that were that were set up by Darius. So we used that as placement for the shots where we need the main the hottest fires to be and then we set dress the image based on the um those beautiful paintings where the the columns of smokes were almost silhouetting all the layers of buildings mm -hmm. which might not be really photoreal but it it looks it looks visually quite stunning so based on that we recreated blocks of buildings and then we would set fire and then we would tweak the buildings and the fire to sort of get the image composition before going into the nitty gritty details of what we need to add to look to add photorealism to the image. Yeah, wow, that makes sense. It's beautiful. And I, I'm running out of time, but I wanted to ask, and anybody can answer that 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 would like to. One of my favorite things to ask visual effects or special effects people is if there's any specific shot or effect on the production you're particularly proud of but you aren't really asked about it that much. <laughs> you know, it, it could just be a random little detail um, in, in one shot or whatever it is. Is there any shot like that that comes to mind for any of you guys? I, I, I like blowing the drummer man up. That was, that was <laughs> my favorite. Um, <laughs> there was this shot where they're, they're sort of, they're all in line and they're going to, into battle and uh, Ridley wanted this foreground explosion. And, and I developed these air cannons that we sat in, in the ground and uh, the stuntman could walk right over the top of it, and, and we let it off. Um, and Ridley thought we'd killed the stuntman because it, it was right in foreground. <laughs> uh, but the stuntman was completely safe because he was right in the middle of it, and, and, the, and the, the debris went up around him. And, uh, you know, th that was one of my favourite favorite shots. <laughs> That's awesome. Does anybody else have any other specific shots they'd like to point out on the visual effects side? Uh, there is a big one in Austerlitz when the horses are coming down from the hill, and then there's a camera movement that's go near the village, and you've got the horses coming under the camera, and then you've got the old crowds sweeping from the from the tents going towards the lake, and then you've got the big background lake and stuff. That was that was a big big shot for us. One of the one of the best already in there. Yeah. It's epic. I like that one as well. And I remember when we shot it, there's a drone guy, and it was like we were generally you know, very strategic about putting a drone up at the right place because we had these fixed angles we had to shoot. And this drone operator, actually, he just came in for the day and he was, sorry, he was he was really talented. And he grabbed the drone and he saw it was happening and he like raced this drone towards <laughs> all the horses and he just created that shot, you know. So, you know, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but cheers to him because he, he got a good one in the film, right, on his first day. Okay, right on. Anybody else? I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.
everybody's racking their minds. No, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think those There's are a lot of ones. hidden ones. You know, I could just mention the hidden effects that people never really. I mean, they're not big on the on the screen, which. It's not like I'm so proud about it, but there were yeah. there were like 1,200 candles we had to replace, which you'd never really think about. But that was just yeah. like a sweet little thing that meant that was like modern day scenario. You know, Darius wanted to light the whole scenes like it was real candlelight. And we can mm -hmm. do that with the cameras. You know, it was amazing the way he did it. But they couldn't have real candles in the places we were shooting. We were on location the whole time with these 18th century paintings that were like priceless so they're like you can't have flames in here so we particularly like work together on the in the pre-production to create little uh, tiny leds that was a little bit smaller than candles and match the lighting exactly like the, the color tone and the brightness of the candles and then we had those all over the place and there were like loads of those to make <laughs> yeah that makes sense and i think the fact that you do sell the idea that it is naturally lit it gives the film the kind of visual beauty that it has. Well, thank you all so much for your time. The visual effects and special effects work on the movie is stunning. Uh, it was one of my favorite movies to watch on the big screen this year. Have a great day. Thanks, Thanks, Brendan. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Brendan Hodges' interview with the visual effects team for Napoleon, Charlie Henley, Luke Ewan Martin, Vanulliet, Simone Coco and Neil Corbold here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Napoleon is nominated for an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects and is up for your consideration for that and Best Costume Design and Production Design. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo. And co-hosts of Sleepover, Sleepover Cinema. Cinema. Our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.